Hi, I'm Gavin Carlson, and this is Out of Bounds, Daily Bruin Sports Podcast. Two straight wins for UCLA football. Now the Bruins travel to Tucson to take on a very hot Arizona team. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Out of Bounds, the official sports podcast of the Daily Bruin. As always, I'm your host, Gavin Carlson, a fourth-year sports staff writer here at the Daily Bruin. I can say as always again because it's back-to-back episodes once again. And I'm joined once again by two phenomenal guests. You heard them earlier in the week, Jack Nelson and Grace Whitaker, two senior sports staff writers. Grace, welcome back. How you doing? I'm great. Happy to be back, Gavin. Yes, we are happy to have you back. Two straight football pods for Grace. Let her cook. Let her cook. I know. And Mr. Football Podcast. I think this pod, the, the football podcast, the face of it is Jack Nelson. Jack, how are you doing? I appreciate the compliment, Gavin. I'm doing terrific. Um, you know, I'm in a sentimental mood again after that amazing award for our sports section earlier this week. Um, and I just got to say, I feel really bad because I did not compliment Gavin, who is one of our prime writers these past three and a half, however many is years. Um, and he's just been such an amazing writer, such an amazing friend. I have a, a massive amount of admiration for Gavin. So big shout out to him. Go read his stuff because it is terrific. I mean, Jack Nelson trying to make me cry at the beginning of the episode. going to make me look like Chip Kelly um, in that press conference crying after they brought up Coach Terry Donahue, which shout out to Chip Kelly. I, I like seeing a coach get emotional. But anyways, thank you, Jack. I am very flattered. Let's talk about UCLA football because they are coming off two pretty impressive wins against two not so impressive teams. I think we can say that about Colorado at this point. But 42-7 to win at Stanford, 28-16 to win in a sold-out Rose Bowl against Colorado, and now they have their first pretty huge test since their loss at Oregon State, Arizona, who is 5-3 and three on the season, but I think they got to be one of the best 5-3 and three teams in the nation. I mean, talk about this four-game stretch they've had. They lose by seven to number seven, Washington, at the time. They lose in triple overtime to number nine, USC, at the time. And then they blow out Wazoo 44-6, to six. And, and uh, beat Oregon State by three, two teams ranked in the top 20 when they played them as well. So Arizona really starting to impress some people. And we're going to give you a preview of this game and what to expect from Arizona and UCLA in this matchup in the desert in Tucson. So, Jack, I'm going to send it over to you. Talk to me about Arizona's offense. Well, we got to start at the quarterback position because it has been the storyline of these past four games for this Arizona offense. Jane DeLora, ankle injury, knocked him out of this offense and out of this um, out of the game five or six weeks ago, however many it was, and then and against that game against Washington, no Fafita comes in, and it makes an immediate difference with this offense. You just mentioned all the scores of these games that Arizona's had these past four weeks. Their team has just showed so much more on offense. Uh, Fafita is just an incredibly accurate passer. How accurate? I'll tell you right now. He's at a 75.8 completion percentage, 1,200 passing yards, and 11 touchdowns against three interceptions. Very consistent, um, and surprisingly, he's just played very well in being thrown into the scenario like this. Of course, Arizona would have liked to have the stability of Delora in the offense, but Fafita has made a huge difference. Um, some other stats for you with this offense. They are number four in the country in completion percentage. That's across both Delora and Fafita. Um, and so, as I said, they're both very accurate quarterbacks and just mistake-free football is kind of the name of the game for Arizona. Um, also number 12 in first down offense. So Arizona has a, a they succeed very well at getting first downs uh, and at extending drives. So something certainly for UCLA's defense to be wary of. And then just the number 24 passing offense. Not a huge number, but still notable that the passing game is heavily relied upon in Arizona. 
Yeah, you talked about the change at quarterback. And before those four games, the offense was pretty average for Arizona. They put up just 21 points uh, in a 21-20 to nail-biting win over Stanford. And we know how awful that defense is. I mean, 31 points against UTEP, great, nobody cares. 24 in an OT loss at Mississippi State, who's never really had a good defense. Um, and then Northern Arizona, is that even a, a college football team? I don't even know. I'm just kidding. Sorry to our loyal Northern Arizona fans listening to this episode. But we hadn't really seen anything from this Arizona offense. And now, like you said, with the change at quarterback, it's a completely different looking team. Um, and I'd say the surprising thing, though, is the defense is not – not been as poor as it normally is. And if anything, it's been pretty above average. Obviously, we talked about them holding Wazoo to six points uh, two games ago. And then 24 against Oregon State, that's pretty solid as well. So, Grace, talk to me about Arizona's defense. Okay. Grace's defensive breakdown. Oh, let's do it. All right. So, they normally hold their opponents to 21 points per game. But I found the most interesting part of Arizona's defense that's ranked number 29 in – or. I apologize, number 42 for total defense. But their rushing defense is ranked number 17, which I find really interesting because UCLA has yet to face a rushing defense that good since Utah. So I think that'll be really interesting. They also limit their opponents to 100.4 rushing yards per game, where UCLA averages 215.9 rushing yards um, per game. So I think limiting this aspect of UCLA's offense is going to be really tough for them. I mean, you know, they rely on Carson Steele a lot, um, TJ Harden, Colin Schley, a lot of rushing in their offense. So um, I think this will be a really interesting matchup. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, It'll be interesting. Like you said, Utah, really the strongest rush defense. Oregon State, pretty solid rush defense as well, and kind of mixed results in both of those games for UCLA's rushing offense. So let's jump into our predictions then. Why, Why don't we? Um, we will start with, who should I start with? Who wants it? Who wants it? Who wants it? Who wants it? All yours, Grace. Okay. Yeah, I think UCLA is going to lose. Okay. I definitely think they're going to lose. Definitely. I mean, it's a night game in Arizona. Pac-12 after dark. Um, I just, I don't think that, I'll say it, Ethan Garbers has got what it takes to beat this offense. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout win, but I definitely think UCLA is going to lose. On the spot, give me a score right now. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. <laughs> the first ever prediction on a podcast episode um, for Grace Whitaker. Uh, the lights. The pressure. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to say 27 to 21. Okay. How did I know she was going to say that exact 21? When she said 27, I just felt it. Um, okay. So, Grace has it. 27-21, Arizona in Tucson. Jack, do you agree? I actually do agree. I think Arizona is going to beat UCLA in this game. And I know our listeners are not going to be happy to hear that both Grace and I have UCLA losing, but that is just the reality that I'm living in. Um, my score is 24-14 Arizona. I feel like I've been given a lot of high scores lately. I want to kind of tone it down a little bit, give a little low-scoring game, because we keep seeing a lot of lower-scoring games for UCLA recently, I feel like, I guess, exception being Stanford. Um, but, yeah, I think, and Grace touched on it earlier, but just... Ethan Garbers has shown a lot, but um, I don't know if he can really bring UCLA over the top in this game just based off what I've seen from Noah Fafita because I have been very impressed with this Arizona offense and the way they responded to the loss of Jaden Delora. Um, I think they deserve a whole lot of credit. Um, I think Jed Fish deserves some credit for the work he's done with this program. It's really starting to show through this season. 
especially just, you know, being able to handle a quarterback transition like that is very impressive. Um, and I think, yeah, as Grace mentioned, the run defense that Arizona brings is going to be a bit of a challenge for UCLA. They're going to have to find ways to make a difference in the passing game and really exploit some of the weapons they have. They haven't really had that much success doing that against a team. We've talked about earlier how the rush offense really wins games for UCLA. It's not really the passing game where UCLA wins games. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's what it's going to come down to for UCLA and why Arizona ultimately has the upper hand in this one. Well, this is going to... I don't know how many people this is going to surprise, but I'm going to make it three people that are picking against UCLA. Um, it's kind of funny. I have not picked against the Bruins in a game yet this season, which, hey, has given me a 6-2 and two record, just like UCLA. Um, but it's funny. I don't think I'm actually as high on Arizona as maybe either of you as as much as I just I'm not going to pick UCLA on the road against a good team until they show it. Um They've really had two big road games this season, and they came out flat in both games, Utah and Oregon State. Obviously, a huge difference now at quarterback where we don't have a true freshman um, coming onto the field in a hostile environment in Salt Lake City or a hostile environment in Corvallis. Um, With Dante Moore, obviously, we expect not going to start for UCLA. Um, But until I see Ethan Garbers have a road game against a great, uh, or at least a solid team in a solid environment, until I see that, I can't trust it. Um, I, I have come around. I think Ethan should start, um, and I think he's going to have a solid game, but I don't think it will be good enough. So that was a very long-winded way of me saying, in a very tight game, 24-21. to 21, uh, What did you have, Jack? 24-14. Okay, so 24-21, tight game. Uh, UCLA does not win. I think it'll come down to some struggles in the red zone that UCLA has been showing some struggles in the special teams kicking game. Mm-hmm. If it comes to a three-point game, your kickers can't seem to make anything as of late. Um, that's an issue. So, yes, all three of us have the trifecta of Arizona beating and, I guess, upsetting a number 20 UCLA team. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Wow. Pretty surprising. Yeah, I I think Joseph Crosby, our wonderful sports setter, is going to be has had his mind's going to be blown when he hears this because he's been telling me all these past weeks. He's like, I think Arizona's going to blow out UCLA. I don't think it's going to be close. And then I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. But I think he's going to be surprised here that we all have Arizona winning. So excited to see his reaction. I will say, and I'll say it right now, I'm staking the claim. If UCLA wins this game, I'm picking him against USC. Uh, I agree. Um, because then they'll, have, sh- they'll yeah. have shown it against a solid team on the road that they can handle business. Maybe Ethan Garbers has the, you know, the charisma and the confidence on the road that Dante doesn't have yet. Um, but now that we've done that, we've got two quick segments for you. We're going to go kind of rapid fire on both of these. We've got buy or sell and DB debates. Let's jump into buy or sell with um, Grace brought up the running defense for Arizona and the running attack for UCLA. We kind of saw a changing of the guard maybe at running back, at least in the last game. Carson Steele, for the first time all season, had less carries than TJ Harden, just 11 for Carson Steele compared to 20 for TJ Harden, um, largely probably because of Two fumbles for Carson Steele inside the 25-yard line. So, buy or sell for all three of us. Is Carson Steele still the lead back for UCLA? Buy or sell that he's going to lead the team and carries once again against Arizona? Or is, is this trend with TJ Harden for real? Buy. Buy that Carson Steele remains the guy. Yeah. Why so? Um, I think TJ Harden was just having a good moment. I mean, everybody has their moment. But I think Carson Steele is really... Man of Steel, oh, as they say. Look at that, amazing, <laughs> nice, Grace. Um, I'm also gonna, I'm gonna buy this. I think Carson Steele is still the primary back going forward. Um, I said it last pod. I'm gonna stick with it. I think you can have a bad game, 
at the running back position and still be able to, you know, hold your own. I mean, yeah, Carson Steele, as you mentioned, rough game, two fumbles is tough, um, especially in that part of the field. But he was a huge difference for UCLA the past few games. As I mentioned earlier, a couple hundred plus yard rushing games, uh, really becoming just the go-to guy in this offense, in this rushing offense that is such a winning factor for UCLA. Um, He's got to be the guy moving forward. Look at us all agreeing again. I'm going to buy it as well that Carson Steele will remain the guy. Um, I think it's going to be a lot closer than it had been in the three games leading up to this switcheroo against Colorado because in those three games, Carson Steele had 20-plus carries in all three games, and TJ Harden never broke 12. So I don't think it's going to be an eight-carry gap. I think it'll be each running back has a drive here or there, um, and then towards the end of the game, it'll be Carson Steele for the most part. Um, the second buy or sell is the quarterback position. Buy or sell Ethan Garbers, not only against Arizona, but for the rest of the season. Is, has Ethan Garbers earned the starting job for the rest of the season? Buy or sell. I think Jack, Jack's got a face. I want to see him go first. Man, I'm torn on this one. Um, yeah, I'm going to buy. I think it's going to be Ethan Garbers moving forward. As much as I disagree with it, um, I don't think there's a justification to really take him out at this point in the season. He's been exactly what Chips want him to be these past few games. I mean, yeah, you can say, all right, I, they probably should have scored more points against Colorado than they did. But as you mentioned last time, Gavin, the turnovers from this offense kind of, they just undermine their own ability to score in that game. And so I don't think you can really bring that back to Ethan. Did have one interception. Still, he's had one interception across two games against, what was it, Dante's seven interceptions across three games? Seven, like seven turnovers. I think it was interception. I, I, seven turnovers for sure. I'm not sure on the interceptions. but Yes, thank you. Um, but yeah, I think it's got to be Ethan moving forward. It just based off the small sample size we've seen, and because we've seen, you know, we've seen a few games from Dante against against definitely tougher competition, and it just wasn't enough for the offense to really come through. So I think it's it's definitely got to be Ethan moving forward. Grace, I'm gonna take a hot take. I'm gonna sell because I think you know he's had his time in the sun. He had two good performances, but they were against subpar teams and I just do not think he can perform against an Arizona and I think at some point it his time as the starting quarterback will probably come to a close and it should be Dante yeah but then the question becomes like if Ethan can't perform well against like he performs well some part teams but he can't perform against these better you know defenses like that he's going against like how can we say that Dante can based off what we saw from him? Because it just, he was also that poor against those better teams. So it's just, I can't really see, okay, let's put Dante in because he's going to be better because he was also bad against these previous teams. Like, I just can't see the argument. That's Yeah, yeah it's challenging. I mean, Jack is kind of turning this one into DB debates because we know DB debates is coming up next. I know everyone is chomping at the bit for America's favorite segment. Um, I'm equally as conflicted. I think it's going to be Ethan Garbers, though. Um, Unless he has an awful performance in this game, which I don't anticipate. I think it's going to be an average performance. Um, And then you look at the rest of the schedule. Arizona State, not a hard opponent. Ethan will probably thrive in that game once again. I think that makes him the guy against USC. And then even if he's not phenomenal against USC, you got one more game left against Cal. Who really cares who's starting that game, to be honest? So I think just because of the schedule, just because really you have two big games left, um... I think it'll just be Ethan, and it'll be really interesting to see this offseason what the heck happens with Dante Moore, but we won't get into that in this episode. Um, Anyways, let's transition now to America's favorite segment. It's DB Debates. We have time for one and a half questions. Um, Grace, why don't you present the first question? All right. Jack and Gavin, 
rank these four players in terms of importance the rest of the season. Are you ready? We are ready. Okay. Go for it. Logan Loya, J. Michael Sturdivant, TJ Harden, and Carson Steele. Yes, and for those who don't know, this is a reference to, I think, the episode two weeks ago where Jack and I had the easily the most epic DV debate uh, segment yet this year, um, ranking these four players and also Keegan Jones. Keegan Jones not in this anymore because, I'm sorry, I guess we were all wrong. He's not very relevant, uh, apparently. But all right, let's go. Jack, you want to go first and tell me your four? All right, here we go. I got Carson Steele, most important for the rest of the season. Then I got Logan Loya, TJ Harden, and J. Michael Sturdivant. Mm. All right, I have Logan Loya at one. That's going to be the main difference, mm, yes. as it was two weeks ago. Steele at two, Harden at three, and we both have J. Michael Sturdivant last, which, wow, talk about a fall from grace there. Um, Jack, you want to go first? You want me to go first? I know this, this debate means a lot to you because you're struggling. It does. I need to win so bad. So, Gavin, do me the honor of starting the debate for me. Okay, here we go, Grace. Listen up. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, really, this just comes down to a debate about Logan Loya being above Carson Steele, to be honest. Um, that's the only difference we have. Logan Loya coming off seven catches for 111 yards, including one of the greatest catches I've ever seen in person. Um, but honestly, the the... the you know, the, the basis of this argument for me is the fact that I don't think there's as much of a difference between Carson Steele and T.J. Harden at this point. Um, like we talked about earlier in this episode, T.J. Harden had more carries than Carson Steele last game. None of us think that's going to stand. But like I said, I don't think it's going to be 23 to 12 in terms of the split anymore. I think it's going to be 18 and 18 or something like that, 20 and 17. I think T.J. Harden is just slightly less important than Carson Steele. And because of that, what becomes the most important, you know, sep- what, what, what's a greater separation between the first option and the second option? It's at wide receiver between Logan Loya and J. Michael Sturdivant. J. Michael Sturdivant is low-key becoming the third option. We have Kyle Ford, who was sleeping all season and suddenly has more catches over the last two weeks than J. Michael Sturdivant. Meanwhile, Logan Loya is the guy. And ever since Ethan Garbers has taken over, he has been the guy. So, yeah, I just think T.J. Harden and Carson Steele are too similar to have any one of those guys as the most important weapon going forward compared to Logan Loya has a greater gap with the second option as position. Yeah, I disagree with you on the on the point of Carson Steele and TJ Harden basically sharing the same amount of carries going forward. I really, we talked about it. Steele is the primary back for this team. I mean, he's he was a force these past three, at least before this game against Colorado. He was the guy in the backfield. He had two consecutive 100-yard rushing performances um, and... He, what, three touchdowns, a career high against Stanford, of course. Yeah, it's Stanford defense. We know this. Um, but he's clearly has been more efficient with the football than TJ. Um, Chip has shown more trust in Carson Steele than TJ Harden. Of course, Carson Steele did have a bad game last week. That is a fact moving forward. But as I said before, you can have a bad game and still be the guy moving forward. And Carson Steele, he is that guy. I just hit that it's always been this season, and I really don't see that changing. And because, as I've said before, UCLA's rushing offense is the key to victory for this team. You have to put the guy in the backfield at the top of your list. Logan Loya, yes, important in the passing game, but this is a running offense. This is a running team. I want to present one question to you, and it's funny because it's almost a complete different question from what I presented the last time we had this debate. If Carson Steele were to miss a game, how much worse is the running game? Versus if Logan Loya were to miss a game, how does this offense move the ball through the air? Who's the short option? Who's the middle, you know, middle tier option? Ten yards down the field, fifteen yards down the field. Sturdivant has really just become a guy that you either throw it 
40 yards down the field or he catches the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Who's the guy on quick slants? Who's the guy on third down? Who's the number one? You know, how does this team move the ball in the air? Versus if, if Carson Steele's gone, I think this team can hand the ball off to TJ Harden. They can hand it off to Anthony Atkins if they really want to. They can hand it off to Keegan Jones. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point. I will say that I think you could see Keegan Jones emerge a little bit in the wider, in the passing game, honestly, if you if that ends up being the case. Because he has been a factor in the passing game before, and he could certainly be a factor moving forward. So you do have a guy. You do have an option there. Um, so I don't really think you can make that point. I think it comes down to just Steele being the fo- most important force probably for this offense because Usley just has shown that they rely heavily upon him. He's efficient with the ball. He scores. He can break out these 20, 30-yard runs. Hard guy to take down. I've talked about it with uh, Chip Kelly before. He just has been really impressed with Carson's performance this season. And I just I can't justify putting Logan Lloyd about Carson Steele. I just can't. Carson Steele is the guy. Keegan Jones has like less than five catches on the season. Anyways, Grace, what do you say? You know, I'm sorry, Gavin. Please still invite me back to the pod, but I'm going with Jack on this one. That hurts. I think Carson Steele is the guy, even though there are some more rushing options. I don't think that makes him any less important to the team. And I feel like he is such a key asset to their offensive strategy. You know what? I respect it. Sweet, sweet victory. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say. Should I, should I be the judge every time? <laughs> That's what Jack wants. Um, but now I will be the judge because super, super, super quickly, just a little fun debate to finish things off. Grace versus Jack. Usually retro uniforms that they wore this past Saturday or the regular uniforms, which is better. Make it. I, I need 30 seconds from each of you, and then I'm, I'm deciding who debated it better. Okay, it's the retro ones. They were so cool. I love a throwback. They were special. UCLA never really switches it up on the uniform front, as opposed to a team like Oregon, who's got like a million of them. Um, but I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool. The powder blue, I mean, I'll shout out the wrap, looks great on photo. Um, I, I'm i going to go with the retro. I think it was cool and fun. Not forever, but it was a cool moment. I will say I'm going with UCLA's classic home uniform look. Just the blue and gold, it's it is the perfect combination of colors. They do the jersey right. Ever since the Jordan rebrand, the jersey looks so much better. There was the weird like shoulder like stripe patch that Under Armour had, Under Armour had going on, which looks really strange. But since Jordan's revamped it, it looks beautiful. The new like totally gold helmets. It's the perfect combination. Um, and especially when you have that game against USC, just those two colors going head to head. It's a it is a uniform dream the way I see it. And the retro. Bring some simplicity, some simplicity to the table, and yes, as Grace mentioned, they finally mixed it up for once. I was dying for them to have a different uniform for once, um, but yeah, I just—it's a classic look, and it was revamped so well by Jordan that I have to stick with the home uniforms. This is tough. I don't really know what to say here. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about jerseys. Personally, I agree that I think the alternates were fantastic, but I do think just because the helmet, you got to have UCLA on it somewhere. So I think going forward, you probably got to go with the regulars. Um, but this is, I'll give it to both of you. It, it's a jersey debate. Come on, let's be honest. But um, yes, that's going to do it for our preview of the UCLA Arizona game coming up this Saturday. As always, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts um, to listen. Once again, this is not a video podcast just for this week. Um, but no, we, don't worry, we will be back next week with our beautiful faces on camera on UCLA Daily Bruin on YouTube. But yes, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you next week with women's basketball men's basketball and football podcast so thanks so much so long